When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is Casey Tony, editor of Campaign Skyjacks. I'm here today because I don't have anything to put before the episode, um, and uh, I, I just want to publicly apologize to all the fans out there who were really hoping for some cold open guffaws or at least a small smirking bemusement, but there is none. And I understand your frustration. I do suggest that you put all complaints in writing and mail them to our address at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Feel free to to vent out just how mad you are about there not being a cold open. No, no matter the, the kind of language you use and the kind of threats you make, just go ahead and send those complaints in to Skyjacks, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, care of James D'Amato. And uh, you spell James D'Amato, J-O-E-B-I-D-E-N. And, uh, you know, go inclusive drawings in there, too. And, um, y- you know, like any, like, manifestos or blueprints that you just <laughs> really got to just, just please send your complaints about there being no cold open. We want to hear from you. Hashtag join the conversation. I want to join Douglas. Douglas, you are running. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to establish at this point that whatever the 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 griffin range for, for your chickens and roosters, like it's gotta be big. Like mm-hmm. this is we, we, we talk about a, a pen, but it's the sort of thing where this would be like a cattle pasture in another place. Like this is a lot of space that has these high fences sort of keeping it in, but the the amount of land that it takes up is quite a bit. Mm. Running off in the direction that you're going is probably like going to take, you know, 20 minutes for you to to reach like wherever the source of the sound might be. Now, I know we haven't provided stats hard stats for for douglas yet but this is this is a point where i i think um do, do you have uh either genesis dice or a dice roller i can up? pull up a dice roller um i yeah. did have an idea for while i was mm-hmm. running especially since it's uh so far roller blades healies are not fast they are Difficult to navigate. That's yes. not a factor mode. Of- <laughs> I would own a pair, I think, unironically. Right, I, got a, I got a dice roller. Every up. single time in my, throughout my entire life, every time I've seen a pair of Heelys, I'm like, one day. Mm. And I've been doing that internally since, <laughs> since the 12th grade. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I can barely walk uh, normally. I, need, <laughs> yeah, I don't need I an excuse. <laughs> I'm going to heal it. <laughs> Boom, hit the ground. No. As, as Douglas is running, he just he puts his hand to his face and just lets out a really loud whistle, and then I would say probably uh, he doesn't really keep them at the house, but you would see coming from the uh, what do we want to call them the the, the chicken stable like, at this point because yeah, yeah I mean 
there there got to be like they're chickens of different sizes, obviously, because mm-hmm. you've got the pen for like the the giants for 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 those chickens that are like pushing 15, 16 feet. Mm-hmm. But for you know like a riding chicken, mm-hmm. like a good a good riding chicken, big old they chunky chocobo chicken. Mm-hmm. It's gonna yeah, uh, yeah yeah yeah. So you see one of those come flying out towards him. And just without missing a beat, as he's running, when the chicken gets close enough, he's just going to kind of, he's going to turn because the chicken's running not to, not towards the pin. It's kind of running at an angle, almost perpendicular. So he's going to turn, throw his arm up, grab the chicken and just kind of like launch himself onto the back of it and then just keep heading towards the pin. All right, this is this is great, Jonnet. Like you see, I have I have something I want to do that I feel mm-hmm. like I haven't really been able to pull off super successfully, maybe ever. But I'm going to try it again. And yeah. so, Jonnet's going to see this happening. It's going to be happening. I assume Douglas in general is like faster than 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 Jonnet, and like with the added uh, chocobo, chocobo pace, Jonnet's going to try to like launch himself with earth magic the earth magic rocket plate that i keep going for and uh we're gonna see if it works hell yeah because if in a perfect world cinematically it works and john it lands right there on the chicken behind <laughs> behind douglas this is an arcane check for sure yeah okay Two yellow, one green. What am I rolling against? Hard purple. Three purple. Okay. Okay. Well, that totals out to be a triumph and one threat. Cool. I know exactly what happens. So, aiming to, like, jump using earth magic to catch up to your dad. So, there is a moment where... You realize, like, running, I am not going to catch up, especially as, like, you see this this chicken coming around. And your dad, you know, even even in his older years, he jumps on the back of that bird just as spry as you remember from when you were young. You stop running. And I think, like, you, you take a hard stance and fling your arms out to your side. Your your eye opens and starts blazing. Like there, there is a pulse of light that is like energy from the universe and you sort of grabbing the reins of the universe around you with the magic from your eye and a pulse ripples out from the ground and then ripples out back and you can feel that ripple underneath your feet fling you forward. We, we see you in the air. The wind is, is rushing past you as you are in your finest clothes. You've got, you know, your, your sort of like triumphant homecoming makeup on. You've taken off your headband. It's underneath like a clear night sky. The moon is nearly full, so there is like light in the area. The wind is whistling past you, and it feels like you kind of what Gable said like you are getting more control over your powers they are slowly but surely coming to heal and there has been a lot that you have been through recently people people telling you that that you are ready to take on new challenges ready to learn and for a moment in the air in this pristine night this night that is supposed to be partially a ceremony for your coming of age and and your proving of your worth to your family and your community. Like, you can feel that. And then you see Douglas. You see Douglas underneath you. And then you see Douglas underneath you and shrinking away as you have overshot Douglas by quite a wild margin as you are flying through the air and your tight pose in the air starts to become looser and more panicky and then you boom hit a hay bale (laughs) that's a triumph (laughs) well wait wait can I can I like can we say he hits the hay bale and then like there's a second like ripple of earth 
and then like the hay bale explodes and then like he jumps out of the hay bale and like lands like kind of right side up as he just like rebounds a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I, I like it. Like, yeah, what what the earth magic has done is it absorbs the shock of your fling. So you're, you're not hurt from this at all because the triumph is like, this is a success uh, that is on top of the thing that Jonnet was trying to do that doesn't achieve what he was trying to do, but still achieves something good for him. And what I think it is, you found out, like you do now understand this spell, the spell that will allow the earth to launch you and catch you and you kind of did that instinctually so boom you slam into this hay bale and the ground underneath that would have been hard like ripples to meet you and then like sprawling kind of pops you up so like there's a a little bit of panic that set in so like you got a little bit of uh, uh, okay no i'm good (laughs) yeah and then you feel an arm grab your arm and it's (gasps) douglas pulling you onto the back of this chicken. Uh, 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 we are going to talk about that later, but let's go. Pretty cool, though. <laughs> I would like, before we, we, we jump to our, our next party members, I would like a jaunting perception check. Daunting. From the both of us? Yeah, you can both make this. I yeah, good. This, this, this might is, be on you, bees. <laughs> this is my first time rolling uh, Genesis dice, so yeah, uh, bees. I believe you are going to have two yellows and a green for, oh. for your perception. My perception is farmer. two green. Okay. All right. So two yellows and a green versus four purple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One threat. Oh, one threat. Uh, so that's going to be. Three failures and a threat. <laughs> okay, so what what this is, I think Douglas had to go a little bit out of his way to catch Jonnet on this like flinging jump. Hmm. But you like you pull him up onto the bird, say we're going to talk about that later, and then route again towards the sounds that you were hearing. Let's cut, and I want to cut over to Travis and Gable. The two kind of unaccounted for members of this party. One of you is a big turkey, and the other one is Travis. What are we doing here? Um, how far from being out of the city are we? Uh, well, like, that's the thing. The, it, it's hard to call this a city. Like, sure. these are different farmsteads that have been, like, put up along kind of a common path in, like, fields of wheat and grain that they are kind of intentionally trying to keep wild. While they have cleared out some sections for animals to live, most of, like, the growth around you is just, like, wild prairie life. So being out of town or away from civilization, like, that's not hard to do. You just have to pick a direction. Okay, well, we definitely both point. We're like, which way are we going to go? We both point past each other in opposite directions, first and foremost. This No, this way. <laughs> well, I'll go this way and you can go that way and we'll see who gets no. to the woods first. No, I. we both need to get to the woods at the same time. You, I, you are misunderstanding what, what is supposed to happen here. I'm going to play act like I am wrangling a wild animal. Perhaps I could even have a, be, oh, uh, I'm, I'm riding this. So it's out of control. Stay away. So enough people see, but not enough people are convinced that you're not exactly what you are. And then we just go into the forest and hang out. Okay, then I... If you want me to act like a wild turkey storming through town, I will gladly do it. Prince, through town, I don't think you need to. Just, like, adjacent to town. No one get too close. But it's, like, really just, this is a good acting opportunity for you. Okay. Okay. Let's let's do it. All right. I'm going to chase you. You're not going to hurt me. (laughs) Agree? Yeah, you're going to chase me. No, but the second part, you're not going to hurt me. Yeah, you're not going to hurt me. Nope. Uh, nope. <laughs> you say, 
Gable, I will not hurt you in my play acting as a turkey. Gable, I will not hurt you in my play acting as a turkey. Fantastic. All right. But I may hurt you as a friend. No. (laughs) (laughs) I like (laughs) Travis, what are you doing as you say that? Because it definitely feels like you're about to do something wild. Oh, like a a peck. Gotta do a peck. Can I can I talk you into pecking the back of Gable's like clothing and picking them up off the ground? Yes. Yeah. No. So yeah. No. Oh, sorry. And as he says that, <laughs> they fall from his mouth. Twenty five feet. <laughs> <laughs> That's only like a one foot drop for them. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but in the Genesis rules, that would That's be true. That's more <laughs> yeah, than yeah, yeah, lethal. Yeah. No, Je- no. Gable's gonna get up and like just start chasing him. You, you get out of here. You get out of here. Just go. Okay. Gobble, gobble, gobble. And he's just like running and flailing in a a very not turkey like way. Yeah, maybe maybe I feel like Travis might pronounce gobble go go bell go play. Ever, yeah, he's only ever seen it written. <laughs> go play. <laughs> go play. Stop making noises. Am I a silent turkey? You better fucking better be. I wish you were. <laughs> Gobble. Gobble. I would I would like very much uh, a, a montage of the chase scene between you two, the the play acting chase scene that takes you through and then out of town. Oh, well, I mean obviously Gable's chasing Travis, tra- then run across Travis. the street, Travis is chasing Gable. They're both chasing a Frankenstein's monster. (laughs) Okay. okay. Gable runs past a person who's reading the newspaper, and it's really Travis who is reading a giant turkey with a tiny, (laughs) regular sized newspaper. newspaper. I can't remember exactly clearly, but I feel like we've done this exact chase scene bit. Done it at least three times. Every other week. Yeah. (laughs) But I think like earlier this arc, Uh I might be mistaken, Uh but I think earlier this arc, we did exactly this. We run by whoever did it in earlier in the arc. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's sort of like an out of time sequence there. I, you know, folks, there's got to be a fruit cart. There's got to be. Oh a yeah, fruit cart. I mean, there's a fruit cart. There, are, there are two dudes carrying, you know, a, p- a pane of glass across the street. <laughs> there's the uh. crate people from Bougenith who are here to get trade crates and chickens, and they're still up to their shenanigans. Hmm. Oh, oh I like that very much, Liz. We've found out that the chickens in Bougenith were literally chickens from this area. Mm. Okay. So for the fruit cart, can I suggest that as they're running towards it, that Travis clears it easily, but then Gable <laughs> runs into it. I, oh, I yeah. like the idea that Gable runs through it. Mm-hmm. And there's just, a ton sh- of apples and fruits, and Gable like catches all of them as soon as, as much as they can, <laughs> and like gets them all. But then like one bonks off your forehead, <laughs> and then I slip. <laughs> Sorry, I'll pay for that. This turkey that I don't know. Someone is riding a bicycle with a basket, with a grocery bag, with a baguette in the front. I uh, <laughs> shove them off the bike and steal it and start biking away. You immediately yeah. crush the bicycle. <laughs> the one foot. Yeah. <laughs> or no, I do. I get two bikes and I use them as roller skates. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Gable, there's somebody on a unicycle who looks exactly like that kid from college who used a unicycle everywhere that mm-hmm. went to every single school. Can I borrow this? Y'all not try. <laughs> I have a friend who is it does unicycle. Does unicycle? I don't know how you say it. No, you say it, well. That's how you would say somebody doing a drug. So yeah, he does unicycle? <laughs> he does unicycle? He's a unicycle user. And for a very long time, he was like training to win the Guinness world record for like longest time juggling while unicycling huh what is the record did, for that, did out it, of curiosity it's not that it's it, i forget if it was lo- it, longest time or longest distance maybe it was longest distance and a half because it was only it was only like a mile or something it was like not very far hmm. i think 
the and you can drop them like three times. It was weird. It was like wait, wait, what? Drop them? Drop Guinness. That shouldn't carry your standards. I know. You can drop. <laughs> it's, Weirdly it's enough, wild because they actually have to pay to have somebody observe the record. I could see if somebody was having mad nerves after being able to do it off camera. They would give mm. them the grace of of three strikes. Right. Like, so. I flew out here for this. Just just try it again. Mm. Try it I again. I believe you. <laughs> so I so uh, does this now mean that Gable is now on a unicycle juggling apples juggling while the, chasing juggling the fruit? Right. Yeah. yeah, you got to be juggling the same apples from before. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Now we're getting somewhere. So <laughs> it's not you haven't dropped the apples yet, Gable. You still no. have the apples. The fruit cart owner is running behind you. And I really want, I really want plates to be involved. Where can we get plates and bowls <laughs> in here? Oh, well, we could do like, a, um, oh, like the like the Tangled Ever After, oh. where there's a, maybe a store that sells plates, but they have them on display, like hanging outside, and <laughs> I like skate through, and they each hit my head and it's like smash in my head. That's really easy to get at Pat Pate's bowls and plates. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I like the idea of, of you running through this this plate display. But here's the thing. You're a turkey, right? So mm. your body is covered in these dense, dense feathers. I don't think the plates shatter immediately upon you running through them. Mm. I think instead, Gable unicycles up behind you as you're roller skating through through these plates and has to catch each one of the plates. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, you as as they they'll toss like an apple up and the the fruit cart guy running behind and with a basket will like catch it. Mm-hmm. And as then to replace that, you have to juggle a plate. Like you toss the fruit to grab the plate. Go to uh, the One Shot Network website so you can play the mini game of this chase sequence. <laughs> Truly, <laughs> it's really crunchy. It's actually not as much fun as it sounds. It's just like really mechanical. But it's a, it's we a text did based. Spend, <laughs> we spent a lot of money and got the Benny Hill theme song to play underneath the mm-hmm. entire thing. Yeah, yeah, I was literally really googling the Benny Hill theme song so I could <laughs> listen to it during this. <laughs> We get. We have to commission Arnie for like a sphere equivalent to the Yakety Sax. Really do. We have commissioned into a lot of bits that we've done. Yes. Um, is Boy. the uh, the the late night sweet tea tea house like on yeah. this main avenue and it's al fresco so like oromar uh, and the other captain are kind of sitting outside oromar is just about to take a swig of sweet tea when in the distance. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would actually like to to uh, come in to a window. There's like a big picture window that mm. th- is this tea house. This chase is happening outside, and your conversation can be happening in front of the window, mm-hmm. where where elements of this chase are escalating in the background. But you are sitting across from Dantonia Crossblade, Captain of the Storm. Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Before we get back to the show, I want to take a quick moment and make a name correction for a Patreon backer thank you, Abe Scorsoni, thank you so much. And I want to thank all of our backers on Patreon. Everyone who supports our show through donations to Patreon makes it possible. We wouldn't be able to do what we're doing without your support. You pay for our actors, our editors, all the equipment and services that keep the lights on, and it makes the show incredible. And I've got good news for Patreon backers. We have more bonus content coming to you on this. Fr- We've got more bonus content coming to you this Friday. And on Tuesday, we posted a new call for Diruhuru submissions. So if you'd like to send in a scene suggestion, a public service announcement, a crew audition, an advice letter, an ad or business offer, or any suggestions, comments, or complaints for the ship's complaint box, be sure you're backing at the $10 level and look for instructions on where to send your submissions over on the Patreon feed. And if you haven't backed before, now is a great time to start. Now then, with all of that out of the way... Let's get back in the sky. 
are sitting across from Dantonia Crossblade, Captain of the Storm. And you know, and you've been playing it cool. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we, we've established that Oromar is familiar to this person. Like, like this person is talking as though she knows Oromar. Mm-hmm. And Oromar, you know that you know this person from somewhere but like you're sort you've been kind of engaging with the conversation as though you both know where you know each mm-hmm. other from mm-hmm. so yeah and this happens to Oromar a lot you're a celebrity yeah. you're one of the greatest pirates to ever sail the skies so you're playing it cool mm-hmm. but yeah I, I think you and D'Antonia are sitting casually the way only very accomplished Corsair captains can sit in a public space in the heart of Redfeather territory, knowing that any minute danger could rear at their backs and that should it, they would be able to meet it in kind. Mm. There are glasses of Acheron sweet tea poured in front of you. It is a beautiful blend of like local, a local herbal tea to the area that is made sweet by I want to say like a malt. I feel like mm. it, it's sweetened with malt. And it is just this delicious kind of earthy. I don't know if anybody has had like, there's a particular sun tea in Japan that has this really earthy bent to it. It's it's a beautiful flavor, but would taste even much better with, with some malt added to it. Hmm. That That's what we've got going on in this tea house. I gotcha. It is a cozy and relaxed vibe. Mm. So I says to uh, Slam, I says, you can't keep squeezing oranges on your chest like that. That's not how you go and cure scurvy. And so Slam says, this, this <laughs> conversation tells a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's surprisingly more um, relaxed. <laughs> he's not having to kind of keep up appearances for his crew. Now, I forget, I guess you are drinking the, the tea at this point, so we could argue that that's lubricating your vocal cords, or or is this happening in sign? So previously, when there was a, a, a very serious conversation kind of going on in the Kessler's main living room, and uh, Gable and Oromar were kind of, I think, in my head, sitting in the kitchen, and he took some time to kind of, you know, top himself up but now he's drinking sweet tea on top of that and there's only so much liquid this one body can hold especially since it just sits there so he's uh keeping a a, a mental note out for that but uh, there's a hard limit to how much sweet tea this boy can drink oh no (laughs) and then what did he say so uh well he's like well it doesn't matter he says i still have these muscles and he turns around and, and he's showing me his buns right which are as well toned and well oiled as the rest of him mm-hmm. <laughs> is that, dum, how amused dum, is D'Antonio by this dum, by this dum. intentionally filthy anecdote yeah I, like i think D'Antonia D- D'Antonia is laughing like this is clearly you know a captain story <laughs> like you something a, a story like you've been going back and forth telling stories about you know various crewmates so she's into it uh, like she's w- like it looks like she's waiting for the punchline mm, 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 mm. oh gosh now i have to kind of make up a punchline to a joke that doesn't exist <laughs> yeah well yeah. Like, the joke the joke doesn't exist like we, we like we've set up he turns around his buns are as toned as the rest of him and and uh so i says well that's for the hamburgers in it <laughs> and yeah yeah d'antonia erupts in in laughter slaps you on the shoulder there is a small delay and then Oromar shifts being like oh yes that was an impact i need to respond to that mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's a wild, wild crew we have it's a wild crew we have yes <laughs> um i'm sure i'm sure uh you've been uh, having similar kind of trials and tribulations with your crew how are they all doing well it's a smaller ship we 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 you know more, more of a close-knit group everybody watches each other's backs um it leads to less characters. Most things, you know, you get to know people really well. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I try my best to 
and he slowly shifts back into his more serious tone of voice, realizing the conversation's moved on. I, I do my best to um, try and look out for my crew on as a personal level as I can, but we do have a crew of a uh, hundred of people, so we have to, you know, uh, do my best. Uh, fortunately, Bathroom Barry can uh, keep a record of people along with the best of them. So you're still flying with Barry? Yeah. Well, that's nice to hear. Yeah, it's, um, you, uh, keep the crew members that want to keep you around, uh, you know, um, I, uh, we go on so many journeys in the name of, uh, making our mark in the world and making our mark into red feather ships that, uh, the people that want to stick around for the ride are worth treasuring, especially since, uh, in these times, it's not the safest to be doing what we do when you agree. She nods. Feathers have been pretty riled up in this area recently. If it wasn't so important to Zana, I might have had us skip this stop altogether. Well, nice of you to have taken the time out. I'm um, really glad that uh, the rest of the crew were okay with us taking a rest here while we celebrate Mr. Kessler's coming of age. I, I think a number of them are deciding to go to the resort down the way not for me personally but uh you can't yuck other people's yums or so i'm told <laughs> no i'd say i'd say i zana is the center of it zana's the reason that we're making this trip but uh there are more than a few people who wanted to be in this area and wanted to be here for the party there there are a few things that i don't know i'm ready to face Oromar, because the conversation is so relaxed, he actually tilts his head and does a human expression of mild confusion and then realizes that's not the correct response for this particular conversation and hides it, but it's too late. The not understanding of what she's ready to face comes across on Oromar's face and has been read. Oh my goodness. Get out of town. It worked on you? I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Everybody else should know me so much better. Well, well, wait. So this would mean that. What did you give up to do that? Oromar Vale, you should know. You paid for the soup. Ah, well. Ah, okay, okay, okay. To explain, I guess, in context... We had a discussion a little while ago about the nature of having people's names changed by the likes of uh, meta physicians and the like, and we established that it is a soup in a similar vein to heart root tea. So, yeah, Oromar. Uh, Oromar kind of like clasps his hands in apology and is like, Yeah, I, I would like actually, there, there is a montage of memory. Mm. Like, as the magical veil woven by this soup is pierced a little bit. We can see a younger D'Antonia on the hull of a ship wearing red feather colors. She is fighting valiantly against a crew of young but sharp-eyed pirates. And we can see standing on the hull of a ship that has ridden aside D'Antonia's Oromar Vale, a much younger Oromar Vale, with Calivar at his side. This is a raid where the ship that you caught up to decided not to go quietly and there is going to be at least some fighting before parlay mm -hmm. but we can see that uh, the Uhuru clearly has the numbers in this fight mm -hmm. there are so many more uh, members of the Uhuru than, than, than there would be of this other ship uh, you and Calivar are looking down as the captain of this other ship is like taken the mid deck and is currently crossing blades with many, many members of the Uhuru. Mm. You know, I, I think I got the shot. I could take it. Oh my gosh. I always love this part. Ah, the thrill. It really puts the wind up you. Oh, right. Taking the shot. Yes. Um, ooh, but they're doing so well. 
They're doing so well. Oh like Jeffrey is my. about to go get the killing blow. And do you really want to go and take that from him? I know exactly what you're about. And I can't even with you right now. Fine, fine. Rain on the parade. But I, I guess we've got... No, it. no, no. You want to go fight that captain. Be my guest. Thank you. I'll just be here taking care of the ship. I mean, somebody has to while I'm out having fun. <laughs> and he gives the widest wide smile uh, before Oromar like leaps onto the other deck Calivar reaches out puts a hand on Oromar's shoulder and then traces it over to his neck and straightens out his collar fix your clothing before you go out and represent this ship always keeping me sharp and uh, yeah he just kind of turns Calvar. and jumps off the uh, off whatever balcony they were standing on immediately to kind of wade into the sword fighting. Yeah, I think I think like the Uhuru is like fl- flying just a bit higher than this other ship. Mm. So so, so we get some proper like... air. There's there's nice fluttering of coat on a side shot as Oromar mid leap pulls a rapier that he had stowed at his waist to kind of land. It's a proper full action scene to land into a combat role and immediately run some jobber through. And it's like, all right, who's next? Yeah, and like I think seeing you land on the deck, the members of the Uhuru crew that were fighting this other captain stand back and give room for the two of you. And, like, suddenly, I I think, like, your appearance, the dramatic way that you rolled into the deck, like, kind of all of the fighting stops for a second as she readies, I think, we're going to say, D'Antonia is holding two blades. Mm. She readies her blades and, like, kind of levels them against you. And the two of you come together in a clash. And that brings us back to the present. Do you still happen to fight with two swords? It was an admirable duel. Uh, When the occasion arises, which is less and less these days. Mm. People of our age and all that. Yes. Um, When I was in my 20s, I never thought that the uh, love of battle was something that would fade from you in old age. But then world experiences haven't quite hit you at that point. Well, and... You know, when when you found me, what was I even fighting for? Some cargo. Mm. Still, it's, um, it's a joy, I always find, to stick it to the bread feathers. It is the even greater joy when they realize what they're doing, turn around and burn the whole thing down with you. I mean, it was the right thing to do at the time. It was the safe thing to do at the time. But I look back, I don't know that I spent all the time in between doing the right thing. Hmm. You'd be surprised how um, long you actually have to make peace with the poor decisions you've made in your past. After all, if you decided to dwell on them for the rest of your days, then, well, you might not actually uh, have the rousing spirit to do right in the future. The fear of doing wrong. The things I've done feel wrong. They feel wrong. But I also feel like they couldn't have gone any other way. Hmm. Seeing Zana, she grew up right. I suppose the Kessler children have inspired us both. They have. And I... I gotta credit that to good parenting. <laughs> Oromar thinks of the uh, hand grip strength contest upon meeting <laughs> the family and uh, gives a dry wheeze, I suppose so. Strong of conviction, if nothing else. But of course, I'm not the only one who's facing some things. Oh. You're going to be facing something too, aren't you? <sighs> A day doesn't go by when the world wants to go and test Oromar Vale, he says, smiling. I wouldn't be smiling so much. She should be dropping anchor, maybe in a couple hours. What? Well, you have to know. 
a member of her fleet, the Star Watcher of, of one of her best fighting ships, having a coming-of-age ceremony, and not only that, an important diplomatic matter to top as we owe favors to a captain of another ship who's having a Star Watcher in the same coming-of-age ceremony? The Bandit Queen will be here. There's an open of a mouth, then a close of a mouth. An open of a mouth with a sloshing background sound as Oromar is definitely too full of liquid. Excuse me a moment. He stands. I think instead of going to the bathroom, just literally walks out of the building in a mild confusion of how best to kind of handle current circumstances. There's a, a fight or flight response kicks in in use to the bandit queen showing up and instead of like a sensible normal mortal excusing themselves in the bathroom for five minutes he just walks outside before and then too late to realize is what he's done i think you walk outside and like we, we can see this moment impacting oromar and around you there is a cartoon like scene of wreckage around you. There are overturned carts. There are people who have been tarred and feathered. Jackie Chan is currently fighting <laughs> a, a, a horde of people holding a baby and all of the plates and apples that Gable had for a period of time. It is chaotic and wacky out here. Mm. Gable has done the thing where like Travis has already gone away. Gable crashed off screen. <laughs> In, in in a slew of apples and plates, they walk back, like, bruised, teeth missing, go up to one of the tables with the tea and says, can I have this? Downs it. <laughs> Puts it down. Then huffing and puffing. All right. <gasps> Starts <running again. laughs> Bounding off into the night. <laughs> I think the only thing that you miss there is that after the crash, the unicycle tire rolls back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Woggity, 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 woggity. Yeah, Orima almost does a spit take and realizes how long and uh, high pressure that would probably be and does his best to not. <laughs> I, I think he, yeah, no, there's a shot of him covering his mouth in a loud spluttering sound and then him coughing. <clears throat> This evening is going to be very, very long and complicated, and I'm not sure how I feel about this. Right. Um, <laughs> I didn't see Jonnet with them. Where did Jonnet go? I think with that, like, D'Antonia comes up behind you. Well, we can agree on this evening being long and complicated, that's for sure. But I figure two people such as us, we're both facing heavy challenges. Please tell me that your challenges also involve a 24-foot turkey, so I am not alone in the complete madness that I just saw. D'Antonia stops and thinks for a second. I think if Winona were here right now, she would think that D'Antonia Crossblade is a 20-foot-tall turkey in certain respects. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I think Oromar uh, turns to her, gives a genuine smile, says, size queen, and then uh, goes for kind of like a clap handshake. <laughs> yeah, she'll, she'll meet it in kind. And with that, like, we'll, we'll zoom in on the grip between their arms and, and zoom out. And that is the grip between Douglas and, and Jonnet's arm. As Jonnet is, is pulled onto this chicken and very quickly this chicken is pacing through the high grass around the Kessler farms. Uh, has, has somebody been trying to steal or, or mess with the chickens recently? No, I, I haven't. No one, no one's been, I, no one, no one's messed with it recently. I don't, is this... I swear to God, this better not be his doing. And he's just going to keep, uh, he's going to kind of like, you know, urge the chicken to go faster. As you do that, you can see another chicken 
running through the grasses and they'll let out a call like what would be a, a, a kind of sounder call that people in Acheron like different farmers would, would call out to each other you know to sound off about like oh I've seen something I haven't seen anything are you okay that sort of thing is it like a whistle is it I feel like there's pro- I mean probably some kind of call and response between like a downward swope like yeah, being like the call that yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so there's there's the the questioning, and you you can see that the derfs are out on their chickens, kind of responding to you know what you would imagine is the same thing uh, that you're responding to gunshots in the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think Jonet probably takes up the the response of just. Uh, Denny, <laughs> yeah, and Denny, Denny comes out of like the the brush. Oh, good, good, you're here, D- Douglas. What's up? What's wrong? And for a while, he's not saying anything. He's just kind of uh, he's just kind of riding and like he's he's in like four different places at once mentally. He's mm-hmm. thinking about all sorts of different things, so it doesn't register at first. And then uh, as he's riding, he kind of blinks out of it, kind of looks back towards because because is uh, is Denny riding on uh, a chicken or just kind of popping out like, hey, D- Denny's riding on a chicken. <clears throat> Denny's on okay, a chicken so, back as well. So he's kind of keeping up with uh, everybody right now. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he's going to kind of look back as he's riding. And uh, I don't I don't know exactly what's going on. I hear gunshots. Apparently, the rest of you have as well. So. Let's head to the coops, see what's going on, and handle it from there. I don't. Uh, who, who's on watch tonight? The, the the coyotes might be back. They were sniffing around a couple days ago. You're supposed to be Brian, but you know how that boy is. And like you start approaching the extreme ends of the fencing, and we now we now get to an investigation. I would like Tyler bees. Hello. Decide on the difficulty that you want to make a roll. And the higher the difficulty, the more valuable the information that I'm going to give you if you succeed. What are we rolling on? Any skill that could be related to investigation. So uh, okay. perception would be one. But if you can uh, you know, see another on your sheet that you feel might be more relevant, we can let you go with that. They're all equally green. <laughs> so I know of perception. I don't know what the other skills Douglas would be able to. Perception might be might be the way to go. The best one, um, yeah. Okay. yeah. So then, yeah, I'll do that. I'll just do it again, but I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna roll against a one. <laughs> okay, John, it's going for an easy one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two. I'm gonna go two. Okay, Average. two green, two purple. Yeah. And right. bees, what, what are you do... rolling against? Let's do hard. All right. That was the four dice, right? That was hardest three. Oh, daunting is is uh, four. Four. Um, Man, it sucks. Yeah, let's go hard then. So uh, I got a failure and a threat. <laughs> I got a success and a threat. A success and a threat, and that was hard. Okay. Yes. Wait, wait. Can I? Th- no, it's it's already happened. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean what? Oh, I was about to say like my eyes open. I want a blue dice, but yeah, roll you know, the I- blue I- die. Roll the blue <laughs> die. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, well then it's just a it's just a failure. Oh no, better than nothing. Okay. <laughs> so, Jonet, you are looking around, and it's dark out here. Like you don't have a lantern. All all the other folks on on their chickens like came in with lanterns. Douglas and you kind of took off. So you are looking around, but there's there's a lot of commotion happening, and also. You, similar to Douglas, are, are sitting with a lot of emotions. Like, this is a big scene, and you've, you've had some time as, as y'all were riding out to kind of sit with that. So I feel like that's what's weighing on you more than anything else. Douglas, you are somebody who, you know, has to sit with heavy emotions frequently. And you are kind of sitting with these emotions, but also you are a farmer, 
and this is your livelihood. So you can sort of put everything aside to focus on important things that might be going on around you. And you do just that as you see the fences around your chicken enclosure, which is the Griffin chicken enclosures for like most of Acheron. Like people come with their mega Griffins to you to store and look after. This is kind of a community effort. You see that the fence has knocked down. There are two, like, kind of enclosures. There are the chickens and then an enclosure for the roosters. They are kept around each other but separate with the roosters on the outside as the roosters kind of ward off coyotes that are sniffing around. So if, you know, whatever whatever Cooper is, is out there in the night looking after the griffins doesn't manage to ward off any coyotes, it's usually up to the roosters after that. You can see that, like, these chicken fences are kind of rudimentary. The chickens don't usually try to wander. They just, they need something to give them a general guided area, but you give them plenty of feed, you, you give them plenty of room to run around. They, they don't usually tend to wander and least of all attack their fencing. This is chicken wire that has been sort of thinly laid up and you can see that the heavy wooden posts that are hammered into the ground or planted into the ground with their concrete bases, it looks like it has been broken. And whatever wiring that is suspended across it is also like partially trampled. But with your success, you can see that it's not as though these posts were snapped due to weight being pushed against them. It looks like it was cut or sawed in some way. And that the wiring, like, does have the wearing and stretching of it being trampled. But there's areas, especially at the top, where it looks like it has either been cut or snapped altogether. Okay, so pretty much from the looks of it, somebody kind of cut towards the bottom of the, uh, the, the like, stakes. And then the, the it, it started to fall and then presumably either cut the uh, wiring at the top to help it fall completely or it just snapped from the weight. Your, your first conclusion is spot on. That's exactly mm -hmm. what it looks like happened. Okay. Yeah, he's just gonna first he's gonna first thing he's gonna do is uh is is that is that gate fully down or is it kind of just leaning? It's fully down. Okay. So he's gonna he's gonna ride on top of it to to get into the the pen itself. And then first thing he's going to do is just check on the chickens, make sure, uh, see w w what's going on with them. It's pretty easy for you to assess. They are not here, which is a big red flag for you as a farmer. Yeah. These chickens are not here. And I think this will be the extent of your initial role. These chickens aren't here. And like if a fence were to come down, there is a chance that a couple chickens might you know, break loose, make a run for it. A couple of roosters might enter the pen and like mm. start causing trouble the way roosters tend to cause trouble in a hen house. But for all of them to be gone, that's not right. Yeah. Okay. Where's Brian? That's a good question. All right. So he's going to call out for Brian a couple times. Um, wait for a response. Brian! So, Brian! Damn it, Brian. Where are you? Brian! You hear the, the chorus of the derfs uh, on, on their chickens around you calling, hoo, hoo. And then, Jonnet, I'll give you this. You can hear some shouting in an argument. There's like a very high-pitched voice that's like kind of thrown a fit, maybe crying a little bit. Where is it coming from in relationship to the uh, coop? Uh, for outside the coop. It's around the derfs. Okay. Jonnet kind of taps Douglas on like the, his shoulder mm -hmm. and maybe like just points at like, you know, three o'clock and is like, turn around this way. He's going to turn around. Douglas, you shine a light. You can see who uh, the like 
I'm going to say seven-year-old Dina Durf, who is on like one of her chickens, which is like one that wouldn't normally be ready for riding, but she's seven. So like she can get by on it. And she is having a heated argument with, with her father right now. Everything all right? Everything's fine. I'm just trying to get this kid to go home. You have to go home. It's late and dangerous. There are coyotes out. If your chicken spooks, who's going to find you? I don't want to go home. I'm, I'm, I'm helping. I'm helping. <laughs> also, I know something that none of y'all know. So there. Let the girl speak. Dina! First off, hey. <laughs> the elder Durf, who we have not named. We don't know what the, the name of the Durf father would be. <laughs> Daryl Durf. Daryl Durf. So many D's. <laughs> Sheesh. Sheesh. We got That's Dennis. It. We got Dina. We got. That's too much. Daryl. And his Darryl, wife's Deborah. Yeah, Deborah Durf. Debbie Sheesh. Durf. It's a family letter. Yeah, it's a family. <laughs> uh, he like shoots. It's a dad look over to uh, Douglas. You know, a long tired dad look. As Jonnet, you know, makes makes his way over to Dina. Dina goes, I heard a monster scream and I saw a giant. Uh, 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 okay. Um, where? What did they scream about? Well, they didn't scream words. They scream monster sounds. You know how monsters are. Okay, of course. Yeah. Big, big, big. Guttural, rattly sounds, trembly earth. Uh, where did you hear the monster sounds? Were they coming from the coop? They were coming from near the coop, which I was trying to tell everybody. That's probably what Brian was shooting at. The big giant monster with big white face, no mouth. Big white face, no mouth? Uh, wait, so how close were you to this monster? Did you see when you saw it? I wasn't close to the monster, Jonnet. It's giant. I saw it from far away. Okay. Jonnet looks back at Douglas and like he's maybe, he looks back at Douglas with maybe like a newfound, like two fifths of understanding of the dad look that uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the other D just gave him. I uh, was like, hey, yeah. All he's right. Look at him like, see what I've been dealing with? <laughs> <laughs> And so, okay, uh, he's a big old giant. I get it. Is there anything else that you can tell us about this giant? Where do you think it went? It's If it was so big, where do you think it is now? I don't know. The giant, I saw, I heard a scream. I looked out my window. I saw in the distance the giant. It, like, let out a scream without its mouth because it didn't have no mouth. Uh-huh. And then it ran like a man holding his pants up. Like a man holding his pants up. You know if you're going through the water and you got long pants on and you don't want the ends of the pants to, to drip through the water, so you kind of hold them up and you do that uh-huh. step and she like <laughs> she like gets off her chicken and like holds up her nightgown. We don't and have like, to do... Okay, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like one yeah. of these? No, yeah. No, I, I totally get Jonnet to demonstrate that he understands, also dismounts, also pulls up his uh, some of his pants and then like does the thing. I get that. Uh-huh. She folds her arms and she nods exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it ran away. Um, what direction did it go in? I don't know. There's a lot of grass around. Okay. Uh, well, so then, y'all better um, be looking for a monster that's giant, that's got no mouth, and runs like a man holding his pants up. All right. Well, Den, what's her name again? Dina. Dina. Thank Dina you. Dina Durf. All right. Well, Dina, thank you. This is super helpful. Um, we're going to need to look for, if there was a monster walking around in the grass, then that means there's got to be big old feet footprints or some kind of trail. So we got to find the trail. And if... You know, you heard it, then you might be able to find the trail. Look for the trail, but don't go after it. You find us when you find the trail. How about you are not sending my seven-year-old daughter to wander around the grass at all hours of the night, Jonnet Kessler? 
Well, okay, Doug, Douglas is going to get off his chicken at that point and kind of like lock eyes with uh uh, uh oh my god, what Daryl Daryl there, <laughs> and Darryl just kind of kind of kind of nod like I I understand what you're saying, I agree, and he's going to put a shoulder, I mean a hand on on Johnny's shoulder and just kind of like like a, a light squeeze, like come on now, and I'm, so he's going to take a I'm knee right it, in yeah. front of Dina and be like, look. Look, little baby, thank you very much for all your help. You you have been a great help here. Um, Now, with you having those amazing eagle eyes that you saw everything, we need you to do a very, very important job for us. We need you to go back to your house and patrol with your chicken here. Make sure to get that practice in riding it and make sure that your chickens are safe. You understand me? Of course, Mr. Stone. I'll do all it right, right away. All right. Now, this, you just need to make sure because we can't have everybody losing chickens now. So you are in charge of your house. Do you understand me? Now, don't leave your house for any reason. She puffs up her chest and, like, <laughs> like puts her hands on her hips. Like, you could count on me. All right. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. And he, like, pats her on the head and uh, he gives her, like, a little uh, I don't, closest thing to, like, a saltwater taffy that, that I guess they have there. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm trying to like. I guess it'll be like some sort of malt candy, you know? Yeah. Like we we got we got malt in the area. We might as well use it. Yep. So then, yeah, he gives her one of those, and then uh, all right, now go now. Now wait a minute. You would give me malt candies when you sent me on important. And he's gonna just mission. stare at him and just go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess Jonet's going to turn to Douglas and uh, is this news to you? Yeah, believe it or not, we haven't had many no-face giants running around holding their pants up. It's kind of a new occurrence here. I mean, I I haven't been gone that long, but that seems like something that people would notice if it made its way into town. And like, yeah. yeah. So I don't know how serious I'd take Dina. I mean, she she gets to her dreams, you know. Understand, but this is no normal occurrence now, Daryl. You got to understand all my chickens are gone. These chickens don't just disappear like that. And why it might not be exactly what whoa, Dina whoa, whoa, said. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Even Luella? Even Luella. She's been broody. Well, she's gone now. All of them. Brunhilda, Bertha, Agnes, Marge, Abigail, Mary, Deborah, Vicky, all of them. Gone. <laughs> That's beautiful, ladies. Well, then maybe it is a monster. I've, I've never heard of any monster in the area. It may be a monster. It may not be a monster. All we know is that she saw something here caused a disturbance. Brian shot at it, so that explains the bullet. That explains the gunshots. So now we need to spread out. He's going to, at that point, hop back onto his chicken. All right, everybody spread out in a general area, not too far from one another. Make sure you can see somebody else wherever you are. Look around for any clues to tracks or something akin to something making its way away from the, the, the pen. And as soon as you see something, call out so everybody else can head that way. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter over at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. Welcome to Character Creation Cast, a show where we create and discuss characters, the best part of role-playing games, with guests using their favorite systems. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter. And I'm your other host, Amelia Antrim. Join us as we sit down with game designers, podcasters, and fans of games as we dive into learning about different RPGs through the lens of character creation. 
It's a combination of character building, player advice, game design insights, and even a little bit of fan fiction for a different game every month. We tackle a variety of new and old games, both well-known and indie-produced titles. We learn how creating characters can tell us a lot about the games themselves. Check us out today anywhere you can get podcasts or on the OneShot Podcast Network at OneShotPodcast.com. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Like Asians Represent. Asians Represent celebrates Asian creators and diversity in the gaming community. Join hosts Agatha Chang and Daniel Kwan as they discuss gaming, genre, and representation with their guests and occasionally argue with each other about the sound of Agatha's beloved Airhorn app. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. You can stream his short film, Lining, on the Roku channel for free. Just search for The Shortlist, Summer. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcasts, Bill Buds and Dilettante Ball. Captain Oromar Vale was played by Nathan Blades, who can be found on Twitter at Phantom Arts ENT. You can also find them streaming on twitch.tv slash theneoncaster. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this podcast was written, composed, and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find him on Twitter over at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. You can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony or on his podcast, Neo Scum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and Illimat, produced by Together Studios. This show uses a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system designed by Sam Stewart and a team of talented professionals who were fired by the private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. And once for our friends near rise, twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky.